People don't care about this. They want hard-hitting stories and in-depth coverage and... and... And twins! Good morning and welcome to episode 136 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. In New York, New York, I am Ben Lindbergh, joined as always by Sam Miller and joined tonight by Mike Bates and Bill Parker, who are here to talk about the twins. Hello, guys. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Uh, this is our last AL Central preview, uh, so we will dispense with the twins, and then we will also, uh, Pete Barrett, will talk to Phil Miller from the Star Tribune after we are done with, with Bill and Mike. Uh, so we are doing the Twins today because of where they finished in the division last year. Um, if we were to do a season preview series based on, on last season order of, of finish next year, would we be doing the Twins in the same order? That is a terrible way to ask that question. <laughs> what I meant is... But, but an accurate one. I yeah, mean... Is this, yeah. is this a last place team again is there any reason to think that things will go better than they oh my word i I don't know bill are you any more optimistic about this year than i am no no my my answer is uh certainly not (laughs) so yeah i i you know i think we we have uh uh resigned ourselves to and both of us are twins fans um so i think we've both kind of resigned ourselves um to the fact that um, we're we're gonna spend uh, a great deal of the season frustrated and angry and um, and uh, maybe drunk um, and uh, yeah I, I think last place is is well within our grasp. Is this a is is this a uh, is this a well run team right now? Honestly, I. I like what they've been doing uh, this off season. Um, I've been one of the relatively few Twins fans who didn't want to see them do anything that would make them any better this year, and, and I, I really don't think they have. Um, but they've, you know, the, the trades they've made to bring in uh, Meyer and, and, and Trevor May and really uh, improve the, the farm system and, and with guys that could be helpful in the next year or two. I mean, it's not, it's no longer a, a real long-term plan. Um, and so I, I, I was impressed by that, and I think they've done a pretty good job. And in that, in that sense, it's a well-run team. It's just one that's going to be really miserable to watch for 2013. Yeah, I think they've done uh, at least a fairly decent job of, of recognizing that 2013 is a lost cause, regardless of what they told fans. Uh, you know, they sold sold a lot of fans on the, oh, we're going to compete for 2013, but uh, then really didn't seem to, to go out and pursue anybody that was going to make a difference this year, unless you're a lot higher on Kevin Correa than I am. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the right strategy. Um, you know, I disagree with some of the, with, with the Correa contract and uh, specifically and, and some of the other moves they made this off season, but um you know, I think uh, the the overall direction of building for 2014 and 2015 uh, is the right one for this organization because uh, the the 
talent they had on the major league roster and close to the majors just wasn't good enough to put together uh, a team that was going to be able to challenge like the Tigers, for instance. So I wrote recently about the the typical Twins pitcher uh, and, and Aaron Gleeman wrote about it recently. It seems to be a, a popular topic because it there are indications, at least, that that the meaning of the typical Twins pitcher is changing after after the years of uh, sort of the, the Brad Radke family of Twins pitcher who doesn't throw very hard and doesn't strike anyone out and has good control. Uh, it seems like there's some indication that, that that's changing with, with the May and the Meyer trades and, and some of the guys that they drafted last year. And yet there's, I guess, just as much evidence on the major league side, at least, that they're acquiring the same sort of guy with with <laughs> Correa certainly is is someone who fits that mold or Pelfrey, I guess. I, I mean, where is there some sort of disconnect at the, the major league level and the minor league level? Is this just a, a gradual process that's just getting underway? Is it not getting underway at all? What do you think about that? Well, I think, uh, you know, I think the one thing that uh, that pitchers like Correa and Pelfrey, um, the one advantage they have over uh, guys like Hannibal Sanchez or Edwin Jackson, uh, guys who actually do uh, strike out batters, is that they're far less expensive uh, and you don't require the same long-term commitments to pick them up. Um, you know, I think think that what you're seeing on the major league level is simply the twins finding uh, cannon fodder um, guys they can throw in for a season or two that are going to be long seasons and struggles um, but that uh, that hopefully God I hope uh, don't fit the long-term uh, change in strategy that the twins are trying to implement um, you know I, I I that's that's my hope as a as a twins fan and and uh at least based on the moves they've made this offseason you know same decision makers um with the always for the last decades yeah well, <laughs> yeah the same decision makers made the correa signings and pelfrey signing uh as made the the veer and span trades that brought in mm-hmm. uh, good young pitchers with with uh, live arms that strike batters out um, so I really do think you're seeing kind of a two-tiered approach where they're they're choosing not to devote significant resources to this season. And Terry Ryan has been saying all the right things too in that in that respect, at least for the last year or so, um, saying, you know, look, I know we need guys who throw hard and we need guys who strike people out. That's just not going to happen overnight. And I think that um, what we've seen is is sort of exactly that. Like he's but like Mike said, he's added guys for the short term that really look like that twinsy pitcher, but they're just for the short term when the team knows it's not going to be any good anyway. And the guys that are coming up are, you know, really a, a sea change for this team. And I think that, um, I think it is a real change and it's, it's, uh, going to happen. I guess the Korea commitment struck me as too much for cannon fodder. I, there, there was, <laughs> an episode this off season where Sam and I talked about our least favorite moves of the winter. And I think I said Korea was my least favorite. It just, it seemed 
I mean, I understand the point of having to get a guy to eat some innings and maybe they're not necessarily the best innings, but you need innings of some sort. But to give him a second year and and if you compare how much he's making even per year to some other starters who signed this season who who seemed just as likely to be successful, if not more so, sort of seemed like a lot still. Certainly not not the kind of commitment that Annabelle Sanchez requires, as, as you said, but for what you're getting, it still doesn't seem like the greatest return on investment. I, I agree with that. And uh, I wrote on another site, I wrote um, that it almost seemed like uh, Correa's contract got mixed up in the mail with Mike Pelfrey's because it would have made a lot of sense to sign a guy like Mike Pelfrey to a two-year deal, you know, someone who's coming off an injury and could be a lot better in that second year and be a good trade chip and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Correa is really the guy you want for a one wasted year. Um, so that one didn't make any sense to me, but it is still just two years and it's not a ton of money. So it's, I think it, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to torpedo the team um, beyond the <laughs> 2013 and they're sunk anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I I agree. I think it's a it is an overpay, uh, for the kind of pitch and, and an overcommitment in terms of time for the kind of pitcher that Correa is, um, and uh, certainly we saw guys like Jeff Karstens, uh, get a lot less. John Lannon get a lot less. Uh, Joe Saunders signed today, uh, with Seattle. Um, today we're recording this anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the Twins courted, um. Saunders for a long time. Um, of course they called. did. <laughs> right, <laughs> how, yeah, right. How did they not? <laughs> but uh, but uh, he he they offered him a contract. Uh, they offered him a one year deal. They had significant interest in him, and he ultimately chose to go elsewhere. You know, it, uh, on a, on a certain level, it takes it, it, it takes consent for a, a pitcher to sign with your team, and it doesn't sound like a lot of players want to pitch for the Twins right now. And I, frankly, I don't really blame them. So what did torpedo this team then? How did it go from, I mean, this is probably uh, something that would require a longer answer, but what's the short version of how this went from a team that had this model of, of scouting and drafting and developing good players and, and bringing them up year after year and competing with a pretty low payroll to a team that has struggled as much as it has for the past couple seasons with basically the, the same front office that was in place when it was a successful franchise. Where did things go wrong? Well, I I, for me, uh, and maybe Bill, you're going to agree with this. I think the the answer is is Bill Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's largely the same team out there, but it's uh, in, in decision making team out there. But the guy who ultimately makes the decision as to what moves to make. Uh, changed for several years and there were for three years three years i think um and during that time um he got nothing back for well he got delman young back for uh uh matt garza and jason bartlett and he got uh nothing back except maybe diolis guerra for uh for johan santana uh the team frittered away talent uh didn't acquire um impact free agents uh drafted mediocrely i don't know bill what do you think i think there's a lot of truth to that but a lot of it was just 
at least in 2011, was just dumb luck. I mean, injuries just killed them, and Fair maybe point. some of it is the, the medical staff too. But um, it, you know, it was a, it was a really solid team in 2010. It was the exact same team in 2011, and the guys who were so good in 2010 played half the season basically because everybody was hurt. And um, I, I think it, it was just it was so bad in 2011 that there was just no no resuscitating it really. You, you can't come back from that. Um, and so, you know, a lot, there was a lot of bad planning and a lot of, uh, mismanagement under Bill Smith. Um, but a lot of it was just the injury bug too. And age. I mean, guys yeah. like, I mean, Jim Tomey in 2011 would have been, I think 39 or 40. Um, you know, uh, Michael Kadire aged a year. Mike, uh, Justin Morneau had his concussion issues. Um, you know, guys, guys got older, they wore down and, and got less effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the the breakdown of playing time by position will be for for uh, Joe Mauer this season? I think he'll catch slightly more than he did in 2012. I think he uh, he caught like 60 some games in, in 2012, and um, I think probably half the games, maybe slightly more than half, will be behind the plate, and then. Um, you know, the rest of the time split between first base and DH. Like, I think, you know, some of it was just being really careful with his coming back from an injury last year. Um, a lot of it was not. A lot of it was trying to protect him and, and keep him healthy for the future. But I think, he, you know, he's proven himself healthy and, and he'll catch a little bit more than he did last year. Yeah, I mean, last uh, two weekends ago, I think, Bill and I were in, in the Twin Cities and uh, went to Twins Fest and, and sat in on a Q&A with uh, Terry Ryan where uh, he was talking about uh, their desire to have Joe Maurer out there catching uh, much more often this year. You know, he, he caught 72 games last year, started 72 games behind the plate, and, um, you know, hopefully they can push that up above 85, 90. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's – and I think some of it uh, depends on the health of Justin Morneau too. Uh, when Justin Morneau is playing first base, uh, Joe Maurer doesn't have to. What was the mood at, at Twins Fest, if you could say that there was one? Was there a lot of angry murmuring, or were there just a lot of nice Midwesterners? <laughs> <laughs> uh, more subdued than it's been in the past, I thought. Uh, attendance seemed down a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're definitely... The, the, the longest lines I actually saw were all for the uh, the Twins minor leaguers because Meyer was there, May was there, Hicks was there, uh, Sano was there. Um, you know, a lot of the guys who, who really are going to form the core of the, the next good Twins team um, were ones that fans wanted to, wanted to get in front of. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last question is Pedro Florima. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Discuss. Wait, did you have a, Did you have a specific question about Pedro Florimond? Uh, just I don't know what's What's he doing there? I guess. <laughs> it, 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 you know he's uh, he he looks really solid on defense. You know I'll say that for him. I, I think he's going to hit so poorly that uh, and he's probably not as good as Brendan Ryan. So I, I don't think he's going to be worthwhile um on the other hand uh brian dozier last year looked completely incapable of handling the position defensively so 
you're kind of you know six of one half a dozen of the other uh, if you could combine them you'd have a probably still below average shortstop uh but you got two terrible choices and uh you know at least Florimine can fill the position a little bit yeah i mean in the minors he he i mean his he played much more in control last year, I think, than he has in the past. Um, whether that's a long-term trend or not, I don't know. I mean, if he can keep, uh, he has uh, okay range. If his, uh, if he can keep the errors down, he's probably an average or better shortstop uh, defensively uh, with absolutely abysmal offense. Um, you know, I don't think there. Are, I mean, we one of the really exciting things right now is that all the great shortstops that are coming up through the minors, uh, none of whom are in the twins organization. Um, but as those guys graduate to the major leagues, uh, potentially there will be some veterans cast off from other clubs that maybe the twins can jump on, uh, again, by the time they're ready to compete. Uh, again. <laughs> this is, this is making me sad. So, so you're excited about the prospect that other teams prospects might get promoted, which in turn might cause them to cast off some retread guys whom the Twins could then pick up. That's that's part of it. I mean, and, and also, you know, the Twins have, uh, along with all these great prospects the Twins have, uh, is just an absolute glut of minor league outfielders. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. They've got uh, Rosario, who's being moved to second base if, if he can handle it. They've got Arcia, they've got Hicks, they've got Buxton, they've got Kepler. Uh, they've got Joe Benson, who's going to be given a chance to, to win a job this this spring. Um, you know, they have an absolute, I'm probably missing somebody too, um, they have an absolute embarrassment of minor league outfielders uh, who all project to be pretty good hitters, many of whom can play center field, and uh, you know, exchanging one or more of of their minor league process, prospects where they have a redundancy uh, for somebody who can handle shortstop. Um, you know, I I think that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm happy with that. Um, you know, it. I, I wish we had a, a middle infielder in the system that was worth a damn, but we don't. <laughs> Uh, we already got your predictions for where they will finish, but just to be consistent, I guess we will ask for your win total predictions also. Um, 65, maybe? <laughs> I'll go with, uh, I'll go 68. I think they, they... Optimist marginally improved their pitching so i'll give them the extra two games so if they if they win 65 or 68 games who gets moved at the trade deadline that's a really good question because i mean they've they've really uh held off moving willingham when they really should have uh yeah. willingham uh has more value now than he's going to have i think this this summer uh, more no potentially, uh, who has signed an extension, uh, who they're waiting to see how he responds again this year. Um, again, dealing with the concussion um, that he suffered in 2011, um, or 2010, I'm sorry. Um, and the, uh, the, uh, the various surgeries he's had, just making sure he's healthy and productive. If he is, he, he could certainly be dealt. Domit, uh, Bill, am I missing guys? Um, 
I don't think so. And I, and I think Morneau's the big one. Um, there's just uh, no reason. If he's playing well, there's no reason to keep him around. I think they move Parmalee, who's, who's going to be really out of place in right field, move him to first base and put, you know, Arcia probably in, in right field. Um, that's that's the, the one I would almost be surprised not to see happen, as long as he's healthy and producing. All right. Uh, Bill Parker and, and Mike Bates, thank you for joining us, and, and I hope it was cathartic for you to work through this like a, a free therapy session or something. <laughs> Talking uh, through it really helps. You know? Yeah, it, it's always good to vent. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Uh, after the intro, Pete Barrett will talk to Phil Miller from the Star Tribune. It may still be winter, but baseball prospectus is ready to play ball. Pete Barrett is taking you around the league with 30 insiders who cover Major League Baseball. Step into the box. The squeeze is on. And welcome to The Squeeze. I'm Pete Barrett. To wrap up our last season preview in the AL Central, I welcome Phil Miller, a reporter for the Star Tribune, to talk some Twins baseball. Phil, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. The Twins had a disappointing season last year, as you know, finishing last in the AL Central. And pitching was a major reason for that. Francisco Liriano was bad. Everyone's favorite, Carl Pavano, missed a large part of the year due to injury. Uh, the Twins have done a little bit to address the pitching this offseason. They've added Kevin Correa, Mike Pelfrey in free agency, and acquired Vance Worley in a trade. Should Twins fans feel a little bit better about their pitching heading into this season? A little bit better. Uh, those guys uh, should help. You know, by the end of the year last year, they were, uh, um, you know, they were going through the uh, discard bin, uh, looking for anybody they could to uh, start a few games. Uh, they, you know, they have established major leaguers, uh, guys that don't have uh, great uh, records, especially recently. But uh, you, you know. Uh, that's kind of the same way with uh, Pavano a few years ago, and uh, they they were able to wring a couple of good years out of him. So, um, yeah, they they should feel better this year, especially because, uh, like most every uh, other part of the team, they're kind of built towards a couple of years from now, and this could be the year that Kyle Gibson um, arrives, maybe out of spring training, but certainly sometime during the year. His uh, upside, they project, is a number one or number two starter, um, so just having him um, recovered from Tommy John surgery and up at the majors should um, bring a little extra juice to the rotation. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get into a lot of the young guys in a second because there is a bright future with this Twins organization. But if we go to Mike Pelfrey, he had uh, Tommy John surgery, I believe, last May. Mm -hmm. Will he not be ready for the season? They think he'll be ready for the season. Uh, he probably won't be ready to start right away next week, but uh, they do think they'll have uh, time to get him ready uh, on the mound, if if not in April, certainly by uh, May. So I, I don't think they consider that to be um, too big an obstacle. Uh, you know, they had uh, pretty good luck with uh, getting Francisco Liriano uh, back after a year. So uh, they're, you know, less than five years ago now, but... Uh, um, I, I think they, you know, they uh, gave him a pretty thorough physical and feel pretty good about his progress. From watching Pelfrey previously, it seems like a lot of his problems had been mental. Is is there any kind of plan in place to address his mindset? Maybe another see another sports psychologist. 
Um, they haven't discussed that yet. Uh, you know, their pitching coach, uh, Rick Anderson, is has a lot of experience uh, in working with uh, guys who uh, let their minds get in the way of their arms, and by that I mean uh, Francisco Liriano. Um, so they they are aware of that. Uh, I, I think right now uh, it's just uh, trying to get him healthy and uh, trying to you know get him confident in uh, in his stuff um, before they uh, go much farther. Okay. Now, I do love the Twins' middle of the order. Maurer, Willingham, and Morneau, it's awesome. The offense was better than the pitching last year. Willingham hit a lot of home runs. Joe Maurer picked up his game, was healthy, but saw limited time uh, behind the dish. And I've seen that he's expressed recently he'd like to see more time at catcher next year. Do you think that's a smart move, or should they keep him a, a limited basis back there so he stays healthy? Well, it's a balancing act they have. You know, they're paying him $23 million a year uh, for five more years, so uh, they have to think long-term about how best to get uh, the value out of him uh, as long as they can. And uh, there's no doubt catching uh, takes its toll. It's taken its toll on Joe Maurer a couple of times. You know, he had uh, he had uh, some uh, kidney and back problems in uh, what, 09, uh, I guess, and uh, two years ago he had uh, leg problems. Uh, you know, they are worried about the... Uh, uh, toll that catching takes on him. But on the other hand, uh, Joe Maurer as a first baseman, Joe Maurer as a designated hitter is probably not a $23 million player. He's a good hitter then uh, without bringing a whole lot else to uh, um, to the table, you know, uh, uh, where, especially where they already have guys at those positions. It's a catcher where he is head and shoulders above, um, you know, the top three or four catchers in baseball. You know, and, and it's there that he really gives them an advantage over other teams. So they're kind of balancing, uh, trying to maximize his value. Uh, and, uh, you know, the plan is now to uh, think about 100 to 110 games uh, behind the plate this year. Um, and, uh, and you know, he really wants to do that. He talks about that all the time. It's, uh, it's the front office, it's the manager that are trying to uh, – think it through and do the smart thing. We're talking Twins baseball with Phil Miller from the Star Tribune right here on The Squeeze. Keith Law, uh, top 100 prospect list, had seven Twins, the most of any team. He ranked them second overall. How long is it going to take to see this young talent explode at the Major League level? Uh, well, it won't be an explode, probably. It'll be a, uh, a, a uh, series of small bursts because they are uh, kind of strung throughout the uh, system. Kyle Gibson, as I mentioned, could be up this year. Uh, Aaron Hicks, um, they tr- they kind of downplay it, but uh, he has quietly become the favorite to uh, be the regular center fielder this year. He uh, uh, might not start the season with them, but uh, I think pretty much everybody agrees that uh, barring a collapse, he will uh, be in center field by the All-Star break. Um, but, you know, some of the other prospects... Uh, uh, Byron Buxton and uh, Miguel Sano, they're still, uh, well, Buxton will start the year in low A, uh, Sano in, uh, in high A. Uh, they're, I think they're still 2015 off, uh, best case. And, uh, you know, the Twins have a history of taking it slow with some of the prospects. Both of them are teenagers, so, um, I think they feel like there's no hurry. Um, so I, I, I think you'll see them adding a piece or two every year, you know, in between the ones I mentioned. Uh, they still have uh, um, now Alex Meyer uh, and uh, and Trevor May uh, kind of in the middle at the double-A, triple-A level, so they might be another year out. So um, 
I don't think they'll all come up at once, but it, the plan is over the next five years that it should be a completely overhauled and, uh, you know, they project uh, championship-level roster. Right. And to me it makes sense, at least right now, to just develop these players. But because they're ranked so highly and you can't figure that all of them are going to work out, is there some consideration to, to trade one or two now to try to maximize their value before maybe one of them could bust? Well, I don't think so because, you know, I think they have shown that, uh, you know, and they don't want to say it publicly because they're trying to sell tickets, but I think they've shown what they feel about 2013 and maybe even 2014 with what they did this off season. You know, uh, they um, it's kind of one of the unheralded stories around baseball is that Twins looked around, saw that there was a need for center fielders around uh, the league. They had two of them at the major league level, and they really maximized uh, their value for them by turning them in for something that they didn't have, which is high upside, uh, young, uh, projectable uh, strikeout pitchers. Um, you know, they added May, they added Meyer to the uh, to the minor leagues. Those are guys that uh, they had to give up major leaguers to get. Um, you know, that, that's a, that's a, those are two trades that they don't make if they uh, feel like they're in the race this year, maybe even next year. You know, they've left themselves essentially without a center fielder, and, and if Hicks doesn't come to in the spring, you know, they might be kind of stuck there. But it's worthwhile because of the upside. So I, I really think they are probably in the mode of holding on to those guys uh, a little bit and letting them develop because I, I really don't think they see themselves challenging Detroit this year. Awesome. Phil Miller, thank you so much for joining us. All right. My pleasure. Take care. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Squeeze on the Effectively Wild podcast. We'll be back Monday with the AL West.